named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency Podcast brought to you by Revis.com. My name is Mark. I'm joined by Mr. Sam Hunter. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Mark. Hello, listeners. That was uh, one of your more energetic introductions to this episode. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm listening to this. I got my headphones on and it's very much like a, hello, my name's Mark <laughs> Worrell. Uh, that was good. That was, I mean... We've just had a good conversation and feel like we're, we've got a few things to talk about today, uh, but you've taken that pre-recording energy into the recording and stripe in listeners, we've we've got a bit to get through today. Do you know, do you know what it is actually? Before I um, we, we, dive, we dive in and properly start discussing, when I've listened back to a few of my videos in general, my first word is always really quite high-pitched and quite crackly. So I said hello and then remembered that and thought, oh, actually, I better just... Hmm. Calm, calm down a, a little bit. Such is the excitement to be speaking to you and recording our yeah. fourth episode, I think, now. Mate, so. sometimes I, I don't blame you for having that moment of, it, it's like a whatever the, like generating inertia and getting going and momentum with that hello. And actually, remember the early days of doing this, like recording a podcast, we were like, what? What are we going to say? Let's write it out. Let's literally write an entire script and we'll read it word for word. And now you and I are like, to read their news the other day? Let's talk about that because <laughs> and- we've got a little bit more confidence. But still, it's like doing a video when you're doing your marketing. You've got to kind of amp yourself up for it. And, and maybe just that first word and literally throwing it out there is, is a way of getting going. And everything just flows from there, right? We spoke with Gatesy last week. I've had two chats with him again. You just got to take action. If you do mm-hmm. that, you are automatically you are Usain Bolt running against three-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. And as you say, just because you do it, and it's interesting that we say episode 184, just because you do it every week for, you know, a few years doesn't mean that you don't need that little, right, come on, let's get up, let's get up for that. And I think that's important for, to remember in any, any with anything in life, not just work-wise. It's, it happens in personal life as well. I'd agree with that. I mean, you and I have had episodes of this show talking about consistency. Like it, it isn't always easy. And there, there are moments where we get on here and maybe we don't have a guest or worse, we do have a guest and we're both flat because there's stuff going on in our life, you know, yeah, or yeah. it's cold and dark or hot or whatever it might be. And it's early morning or late at night and you just don't want to get up for it. But the point of being consistent is you show up and you just do it. And it is what it is at the end of the day and you accept it and you move forward and it's all good. We're actually we're actually due to go into our team meeting after this. Our topic for discussion this week is non-negotiables. So um, uh, I think we discussed it last week. The uh, High Performance Podcast, massive fan of that, and they always ask that question about non-negotiables. But one of mine, incidentally, is always showing up. So even if you aren't feeling 100%, you're here giving your very best in the moment that you are mm. at the moment. And I think that's really important with anything in life. I was trying to teach my... Um, eight-year-old that yesterday after he was off school because he was a little bit poorly, but it it kind of it was a bit more challenging to get that message across to him than it than it is to you, I reckon. 
Yeah. Uh, I think on that non-negotiables point, let's talk about that uh, as we go through this episode today because I heard something about a butcher shop the other day that uh, is going to relate to that really well and hopefully it'll give people some clarity about what could be or may not be a non-negotiable within your business. Um, But in terms of what you just said there about getting up and showing your best, I like that, right? I think actually accepting that your best is different day in, day out um, is a kindness to yourself because if you only say that your best is 100 out of 100, you're always going to be disappointed and actually you'll probably just give up mm. because you'll be like, there's, there's no way I'm doing that. But if if you give what you define as your best each day and in some days that might just be picking up the phone once mm-hmm. because there's other stuff going on, right? But other days it might be 20 calls or 30 calls or whatever it might be then that gives you momentum mm. um, and it gives you that uh, probably a little bit of a pressure relief to not have to be perfect day in, day out, you know, perfect being the enemy of good and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think that's a really good point. And actually that's magnificent parenting and you should be commended on that. And it's great podcasting at the same time. And yeah, it's it's really interesting. One of the first sort of times I heard this, I joined a new gym a couple of weeks ago and the instructor said basically exactly that you know i want you to come i want you to come consistently and i understand that sometimes you won't have any sleep because your kids have been up in the night but if you're still here and you're still giving your best in that moment and actually Mm. really refreshing to hear that from a gym instructor who you know could quite easily say you've got to you've got to give 100 percent, you've got to work work your backside off every every single day but actually that's real life is real you can't be at your very best and if you aspire to be at your very best every single day then ultimately if you're not at your very best then maybe you won't do it and that's when inconsistency creeps in i don't know how we yeah. went. this wasn't the plan but i like it that was good i, I like that and actually it's those shit days that are going to make the difference because if mm. you have 100 days of consistency and you have 30 shit days that's 30 more days than if you have 30 no days exactly so something is going to be better than nothing and that those little things will compound over time and they'll make a fundamental difference but you are right we digress uh <laughs> so we were having a conversation before we hit record just about what's been going on in our worlds who we've been talking to what have we seen uh amongst uh the industry if you want to call it that over last week um and mark and i come at this from two different angles right mark's got real life experience i read the news and i talked to people <laughs> um and it was it was pretty interesting because i said to him that there are a couple of headlines uh, that came out of last week and one today particularly as well where I've read it and I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. Uh, and and I just kind of want to have one of those episodes where we talk about headlines uh, and because headlines are a reason to pick up the telephone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you can look at them like that instead of something that you sort of scoff at and go, of course I know that. Well, of course you know that. You're a real estate agent. You do this day in, day out. This mm-hmm. is your life right? It's your profession. It is your practice. Um, But the people who you need to be communicating that to don't have that same knowledge base and they probably aren't thinking, no shit, Sherlock, when they read a headline that says sellers must show greater realism on price to get homes sold, right? Uh, And the reason why I wanted to discuss that was because genuinely my, my reaction there was that is so obvious. How is that news? Uh, And then I had to rein my ego in. And I had to say to myself, actually, that's really obvious to me. And it's probably really obvious to you and everybody listening, but it's not going to be that clear to the people who maybe don't understand the mechanisms around pricing and everything like that as well. And I think 
regardless of the market, right? Uh, every agent in the entire world with a bit of tech in their pocket and with a bit of nous and ideally with a bit of charisma and a bit of integrity has everything that they need to list any home in their patch, right? They've got everything they need to list any home anywhere, mm. right? But the one thing, maybe I'll say they have everything they need to list any home anywhere except the one thing that matters most, which is a relationship with the people who own the houses and a relationship with the people who want to buy the houses, right? <laughs> so the best agents, right, own the ability to consistently talk to people to build actual relationships. And reading a headline that says you need to cut your price or you need to be more realistic on price to sell a house is a fantastic reason to call people and say, hey, have you seen the news lately? They're talking about you've got to be realistic on price. I just thought I'd let you know what that really means because you can either be cheap or you can be realistic. And realistic means getting great marketing and having your home in showroom condition and having a campaign that involves bringing people through and everything like that. So that's all about being realistic on price, not just being cheap. There's a massive difference. Who do you know that might need that information? You know, Tracy's thinking about selling or we're thinking about moving. So it's not, do you want a free evaluation? It's communicating what all that stuff actually means. And genuinely, like you got all the tools to go and win business, but you don't talk to enough people. That is, that is the reality of, of where we are. And I think there's a headline that you can use to talk to people today. Uh, interesting. There's another one. I think uh, this is relevant to you as well. Uh, this one was from this morning where, where I, not the same article, but almost the same message, which is that the market was moving, but below asking price. Hmm. So um, what you said there, I just want to come back to before we talk, talk about the market moving and below asking price, because I've got a bit mm. of experience of that at the moment. And I think that's very, very, very true. Um, but I want to talk about what you talked about there, building relationships. And I think a massive part of our job as agents is educating people, educating people who only move once every 20 years, what actually is involved yep. in the house moving process and educating people that this headline means this in our area because mm. it, one thing to me in Preston it might mean a completely different thing to somebody you know in another part of the country so actually you know you, we talk about about these headlines and you you know um said quite well a few weeks ago about understanding the context beh behind the headlines but actually I think a massive part of our, our process is speaking to people to build those relationships. And is there any better way to build a good relationship than educating people? So educating them, as you say, what does greater realism look like on price in Preston today? Hmm. You, you're exactly right. People may or may not read the news or watch, watch the news. They may or may not understand that next door sold last year and that was the absolute peak of the market so you've actually got to take that information and you know discuss it with them and ask really good questions be a really good listener and then fill in the fill in the gaps because as you say it's dead easy as an agent to have the ego and think well yeah of course that's of course that's right but mm. People who aren't in the market and maybe just, you know, catch a headline on the news or, or what have you don't know what that means. And if you spend time educating them, as you then say, they're going to or they're more likely to be discussing the conversation that you had with any friends or you know work colleagues who mentioned that they're thinking of moving. Oh, well, my estate agent who I bought my house off 
two years ago rang me this week and he said this about the price. You should speak to him. Mm. And that's how the the, the conversation um, will go. And I think that's a much better way than, as you say, just, oh, you know, who do you know who's looking for evaluation? Do you want an update evaluation on your house? Have you, you know, ask questions, educate, and that's a fantastic way to, to build relationships, in my opinion. 100%. And I think it, it's not enough just to send this as an email or write a blog. You know, mm-hmm. you, you've got to actually make an effort to connect with these people, right? Because when we talk about relationships, you've got to keep, we, we were speaking about being consistent, right? So let's relate to that conversation that we hadn't intended having back to what the one that we are having now, right? If you're not consistent in maintaining those relationships over time, they're going to go to the next person, right? Recency mm-hmm. is always going to trump loyalty in a state agency. It shouldn't, mm-hmm. but it does. It's why so many people are frustrated that, oh, I didn't even know they were selling. Well, they got a letter through their door, or someone knocked on their door, or someone put a report under their doormat or whatever it might have been right they went to a viewing who knows but that recency and that cadence of relationship building to relatedness maintenance was better than the effort that you put in right and especially that holds true in in a changing market right i think a thought that is useful for everybody to have in their minds right is the transaction is where you get paid does that make sense yep so that's where you collect the cash. It's like going to a casino. You walk up to the collection booth with your chips and you cash it in, but you earn the money at the table. Does that make sense? Yeah, apart from I've never won at the casino, so I wouldn't know. Fair enough. Well, you lose the money at the table as well. That's when, you, <laughs> that's, that's when you're not calling people, right? And you're sitting around being like, it's cool. Something will happen. It'll come to me. I'll wait my turn, right? Instead of betting intelligently. Uh, so I don't know if there's such a thing as betting intelligently, but my analogy was really good until you said you didn't win. Um, Sorry. <laughs> my, my point is you make your money. You might collect your money when you sell a house, right? But you make your money in the relationship. You earn your fee through the work that you do and the relationship that you build and the consistent contact that you have well before that instruction agreement is signed, right? So if you're thinking today, where is my next instruction coming from? It's in your mobile phone mm-hmm. for the most part. And ideally, you've got loads of numbers saved in there. If you don't, here's a useful exercise you can do while you're watching Six Nations on the weekend or something like that. Shout out to England. Uh, put everybody in your database in your mobile phone so that on the off chance that they call you, you know who's calling and you can say, hi, Rachel, instead of hello, Sam speaking. Because that there is going to win you instructions, right? And that gives you an option that when you're bored, sitting outside waiting for somebody, you can go through your phone, look at who you haven't spoken to before and send them a text message instead of having to wait till you get back to the office and freaking out about making phone calls and then you'll just end up sending a bulk email. So your your end result is the collection. The relationship is Mm. is the game, the production, if that makes Mm. sense. And also building that relationship makes that transaction and that much greater in my opinion because those things that have been worked at are much more rewarding and likely to lead to referrals and, and so on and so forth in into the future um i just want to come back to the headline that you talked about and saying that mm. the market is moving but below asking price so this is definitely something that we've seen in our area at the moment and there appears to have been a shift in people's mindsets from being 
not willing because it's it's always about the right property, but there's been a shift in people's mindset, in my experience, from expecting to have to go above asking price to now expecting to knock people at their asking price. Um, mm. And we had when we had um, Matt and Neil on a couple of weeks ago, we talked about a pricing mechanism to try and drive people up rather than them trying to drive us down on price. We started doing that quite quite a lot, which is which is really interesting. Um, but I had experience, and apologies if I said this last week because I've told so many people this story. I can't remember if I've said I've said it on here. Um, but we had uh, an experience last week with a property where we had two people interested fighting out, um, and they went to best and final offers. And both offers, even though they knew they were competing against each other, and we talked about our expectations of going at asking price or above. Both offers came in, at, funnily enough, exactly the same amount, but just below the asking price. And I thought that was a really interesting shift in the market from where we are now in March 2023 to what would have happened in March or you know through the summer last, last year. Um, and I think that's something that agents need to be discussing with clients and um, having that expectation that actually the, the offers that come in are likely to be below asking price because buyers watch the news and they'll almost use it as an excuse to say, oh yeah, well the market's dropping and all of those excuses that buyers say when they when they try, mm. and, try and frame an offer. So I've had sort of first time experience of the market moving because you know that house has got a lot of interest. It's the, the perfect example um, of where there are still buyers out there in the market and there definitely are buyers out there in, in the market. But there is now that expectation to try and, chop people at the asking price in my opinion that is i think that's fascinating like the psychology behind them going you know what no we'll we'll test the mm. waters uh, and and i know you can't give like figures or anything like that away and apologies if everyone can hear the massive helicopter flying over my house at the moment it's like shaking my house it's really <laughs> weird i think it's one of those it, hospital mate. helicopters um there we go no silence in radio sorry about that uh how one two questions how far away were they from each other uh, they were they were exactly the same amount interesting and were they were was it an obvious like no. under asking price levels so they were like we'll go five percent under or whatever it might be no it was well i, I don't need to know, know the property they were two grand under the asking price which was like i don't know half percent something like that not not a, not a lot yeah it probably was pretty close to half percent under um and it, it was it, i was shocked when we actually received those because i just expected that you know you're in you know you're competing against another buyer you know that it's it's going to take a really good offer but both of them chose to just shave a little a little bit off and the house is in immaculate condition there's not like mm. anything people would would pick up on you know like oh it needs a new roof so we're going to knock it whatever um but i just thought it was a really fascinating turnaround from the market that we've experienced moving forward and that is a, a conversation i've had with a number of homeowners in the lounge at um appraisal time because there is now that expectation and if you're expecting to go asking price or above i think you know unless you've got a clear pricing strategy that that sets sets that out and you're very very clear about it from the outset i think by expectation mm. is now that they can make an offer um and you know when we talk we've talked many times about it being a typical property market typically that's what you, people would expect to do they will they will view houses above their budget on the expectation that they can get it for a figure within their budget. Yeah. 
so then uh and again if you're happy to share that'd be great if not just do the like cut signal <laughs> on your neck and we'll, we'll edit this bit out and move forward um what happened how'd you pick who had better day were there terms uh, they were both Any in, different or they were both in exactly the same position and they chose the one whose sale was a bit more advanced and who seemed a little bit more secure um with it so yeah they uh they they just chose just just chose one of them it was it you know it wasn't it it was it, it actually came down to really you know who do we think is more serious which again in a competitive market is you know we talked about it last year didn't we put your offer in writing put your little sob story put it with your solicitors and it was kind of along along those lines that we tried to work out who was the more serious buyer um, mm. so so yeah that's uh but i just thought it's it was really interesting that even in a competitive bidding war effectively that they came in just under asking price and i think it was just coincidence that they came in at the same figure to be perfectly honest with you yeah, uh, it sounds like that's an arbitrary number where they just want to save a bit of money, maybe get their conveyancing feedback or something like that. Um, and yeah, that... It, it's interesting. If I'm in that position with two people there, I'd probably pick one and I'd say, congratulations, we've agreed to negotiate with you. <laughs> um, but, you know, at the same time, two grand under asking price in a market that has some challenges is a good result. And I'm sure your mm -hmm. sellers felt the same way and that's why the deal was done and now you just got to get across the line. So. The fact that you had two offers there as well, like how good you just like here is a clear representation of the market as if you're ever going to get one. And that is if we're looking for a story to tell about multiple offers and why they're so important, like even if they were 20, 30, 40 grand apart, right? Having two there shows that there is a market and there is a mm -hmm. decision to be made. Having one, they're always like, oh, there's maybe someone else out there. Having none, there's always somebody else out there willing to pay 10% over. So offers are the biggest currency for getting great results and great results are the biggest currency for getting new instructions. Write that yeah. down, everybody. I think that's pretty good. Go on, say it again. Oh, offers are the greatest <laughs> currency for getting great results and getting and getting great results is the greatest currency for winning new instructions. Sorry, I can only yeah. say things once, mate. It's like it comes out. In, it's like I speak in tongues sometimes. Uh, I do this at work all the time. People are like, can you say that again? We want to put that in the blog. And I'm like, no. Nah. No. And then even in <laughs> webinars, gone. even in webinars, we record all the webinars. Even like, yeah, we did one like the other week. And uh, this will be a surprise for everybody. So I and I don't necessarily rehearse our webinars, but we go and do them. And it was a blind eye. And we came out of it. And I was like, what? just happened there i've never ever said that before it's clear and he's like no nah, me neither and yeah thank like thankfully we recorded it uh because you need that so you yeah, know i can't even remember what i said now but thank you for making me repeat it <laughs> sorry i knew as soon as i said that i was like oh, he's not gonna remember he's in trouble yeah <laughs> um right so i want to come back to your point on non-negotiables uh because i'm gonna i'm gonna try and uh not ruin this story about a butcher but before we get there, there's one more headline that I feel is useful to share uh, for just what everybody listening to the show has to combat day in, day out. So there was an article uh, that was published in Pi last week, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to find it elsewhere and I couldn't really find it elsewhere, which makes me think it was a paper that was published and it didn't really make the mainstream news, which is a good thing. But the, the headline was uh, Office of Budget Responsibility, to which you were like, Sam, you've spelt that wrong. I was like, no, no, <laughs> this is what it said in the article. Uh, predicts price drops of 10% which and, and they will not recover for five years till 2028. Uh, I would just urge everybody to go on back and jump on Rightmove, jump on Zoopla, jump on anywhere you can that shows you a map of the market since they've been recording statistics and look at five-year gaps. It it recovers. Most yeah. of the time, it does better. Yeah, and I thought it was probably the Office of Fiscal Responsibility. So, yeah, you know, who is the Office of, of Budget Responsibility? But that aside, that is not what I think will happen in our market. And I think you can only comment on your local market. Yeah. I mean, categorically across the entire country slash world, that is, that, that just doesn't happen. Mm, over um, a five year period. And, and people make changes to property. Like properties are seen in different lights. There's another article about demographics and load, loads of uh, generations entering their 30s and 60s within the UK uh, over the next five years. So, intro, like two articles that, say the same thing this is you know this is a five-year plan but contradict each other in people are going to have to downsize and people are going to have to upsize so mm-hmm. there's going to be house swaps you know effectively um and one that'd be cool if you could just house swap with people in your marketplace and they're all got the same chain and the same yeah. goals but it's probably never going to be that clean but the, my point was everyone's willing to say something for a headline and I would imagine that they're just looking at tightening the purse strings. And so that's what they've said around this rather than looking at genuine market dynamics and human behavior and human needs and death, divorce and debt, et cetera. Right. So um, don't read, don't believe everything read in the news, right. Understand as you say, what's happening in your local marketplace and communicate that above all else. Cause that's what the people in your market care about. Yeah, and I think we've also got to remember that um, people our age and older will be looking back at 0708, and some of these articles might reference 0708, but we've got to remember that they called that the great financial crash for a reason, you know, Mm. and, you know, I think prices probably didn't recover after that for for five years maybe, but that was an anomaly rather than the norm um, for, for a recession. So I think... My expectation is that that won't happen in our local market. And the challenge, just to bring it back to what we were talking about before, is potentially buyers are reading that and using that within their negotiating um, tactics. And I think as a as a good agent, you've got to challenge them on that and ask them to provide evidence of where that's happened in your local market because they can all pull a headline out and say, oh, you know, so-and-so says it's going to drop 10%. They say, well, yeah. Yep. Can you can you show me an example of something that's dropped ten percent, and they can't because it hasn't. Uh, but you've got it. You've got to almost challenge them and then you know reeducate them a little bit as well potentially. Hundred um, so percent. I, I think that that goes back to the education piece in the local market that we talked about before. But come on, tell us about this butcher's shop. I'm intrigued. Right. So you're talking about non-negotiables, right? Um, and I can't remember where I heard this, but it was about non-negotiables, and it was about prospecting mm-hmm. um, and how do you form that as a, a non-negotiable part in your life? We started this conversation talking about consistency. We move forward into 
leveraging the media as a reason to build relationships and actually getting off your ass and doing that, right? And and the analogy that I heard was that if a call it your local butchers, right? I'm pretty sure Chris Walken, friend of the show, his brother's the local butcher in Grantham. If if his brother, and I'm tell me if I'm wrong, Chris, and if I've bastardized the family shop and I apologize in advance if I have. But if if that butcher doesn't clean their cabinets at the end of every day, right? Within a week, a council is going to knock on their door and serve them a notice and potentially shut them down, right? Because they're breaking all kinds of codes and laws and everything like that. If an airline, when they land the plane, doesn't perform the safety checks and then a new team comes in and performs the checks before that plane takes off again, that airline is shut down. That plane doesn't take off, right? So the butcher, the airline, trying to think of another one I can't really at the top of my head, they don't have a choice. They've got to do these daily activities, these non-negotiables for their business to survive, let alone thrive, right? Agents have a choice, sadly, right? If they don't prospect, someone might walk in. They might get a phone call for one of the three agents and they'll just drop their fees and get in the door or whatever it might be, right? But they have a choice whether to prospect or not. And, And there are so many of us out there hand up right you and i both have our hands up here we're not perfect we've had these times where the choice is not going to do it today you know i'm not going to show up and and give my best because i know i won't give 100 out of 100 um and that is the reason why so many people are not as successful as they probably should be they're as successful as they deserve to be you know this is work that i've been doing on myself lately i i everything i have in life i deserve right? Um, just because maybe I want more in some elements of my life doesn't mean I deserve it because I haven't been willing to put the work in in some of those areas. And I'm starting to shift and change what I value, what uh, where my priorities sit, et cetera. And I'm starting to see some results in those areas, you know? And I'm like, wow, okay, maybe I do deserve this because I'm willing to put the work in. So when we talk about non-negotiables, how do you formulate, how do you make prospecting? How do you make relationship building? How do you make consistent communication a non-negotiable in your business right how do you think about it like cleaning out the meat cabinets of a butcher every day how do you think about it like performing safety checks on a plane day in day out for the simple fact that if you don't do it your business will fail because maybe that's the thought that you need to understand that that is a non-negotiable yeah i think i think that's really really powerful sam i don't think i can add a great deal more to um to emphasize that point because consistent communication and prospecting should definitely be a non-negotiable within every estate agency. Handy P. And on that note, we will wrap it there. I think, as you know, we, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it um, improve and get better. And in fact, if prospecting and consistent communication became a non-negotiable, this industry would improve tenfold i'm sure um if you have enjoyed today's episode please like share it with colleagues and friends alike i'm mark Worrell. he's sam hunter thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week this episode was sponsored by revis.com if you are looking to grow your new build department you should check out revis.com because it's a visualization tool that can help bring properties to life before a brick is laid if you are wanting to show potential house buyers around property that isn't built yet allow them to actually customize kitchens floor coverings wallpaper that sort of thing then revis.com is a great tool and i suggest that you check it out